At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. We begin hour number two of the Lombardi Line, presented by MGM. Dave Ross, alongside Mike Pritchard. We are here at South Point Casino. What was that like? That process like before we really look into these quarterbacks here, and we where we think they might have landing spots, and some of the numbers associated with it. For you, did you know? Like, I'm a first rounder. I know. Did you have a good idea of who might pick you on day one? Uh, my agent, uh, who coincidentally is Baker Mayfield's agent. Huh? Uh, so, but um, no, my agent said that or indicated to me that I, I could be a second round um, player. And, and so I, I didn't have a pro day, a specific pro day. So I worked out for 22 different teams. Wow. Uh, and they would call you a spur of the moment. And certainly so when I met with the Falcons, I was actually out here for spring break. Uh, and they flew out here. June Jones was the offense coordinator at the time and, and just worked me out, threw me bullets, Dave. Uh, and I didn't run a 40. I didn't do anything else. He just wanted to play catch. That's what he wanted and to that's, see. That was the interview. So uh, I, I got an indication draft day that I was going to go in the first round. Uh, and I didn't know where, but there was a run on wide receivers, and I started getting calls at, like, pick nine. Wow. I know. So it was incredible. Um, but is... then I finally went 13 to Atlanta. It's just absolutely wild that that's what June Jones wanted to see. Mm-hmm. 
yep. and that's all he needed to see. That's all he needed to see. Let's take a look at the draft order here, because the reason why we bring this up is when before you start making these future plays, mm-hmm. right, and you start saying, all right, well, I'm going to say that Malik Willis is going to be the first quarterback taken minus $2. I'm going to take Kenny Pickett, you know, plus 210, be the first, first quarterback taken. You have to find a landing spot for yeah. that, realistically in this first round. So when you look at the top half of it, and the Eagles obviously have a lot of picks here, 15, 16, I don't know that they would be in play for a quarterback, but Jalen Hurts still a young guy there. You see some of the other moves and some of the other teams, and then you try to make some correlated picks. Now, it might happen more in the back end is what we're thinking of the first round because we, we look at this and say this is not a great, quote-unquote, quarterback draft, okay? So let's start off with Kenny Pickett here, and you look at some teams and just kind of remember that. When you look at Kenny Pickett coming out of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. plus 210 to be the first quarterback selected. And I mentioned earlier that Malik Willis is the favorite at minus $2. Mike Fritchard, you've played with great NFL quarterbacks. You know what it takes to be to make it in this league. Is Kenny Pickett a guy to you that has first-round real potential? Well, I think, I mean, that's a, it's a tricky question because I know the desperation in the National Football League is to land a quarterback. Uh, I mean, look at all the trades that are happening, right? But then on the other side of that is the league and teams understand that we have time to develop a quarterback too. So, like, you're right. All these quarterbacks that we're going to go through, mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett in particular, he needs time. He needs to get back in, uh, uh, you know, in the oven a little bit and, 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 and fully bake here. Right. But he's a guy that I, I think a team later on in the draft could probably go after. Uh, he's intriguing to me, um, even with the hand size, right? But uh, a team like New Orleans, mm. you know, a team that – or just other teams that might have concerns with a quarterback moving forward. Uh, you, you look on this board, too, and you look high on the board, and Carolina, they, they're in desperation for a quarterback. Could they select a quarterback at six? Wow. Which would be incredible. But I think as better as what we have to look at is all these teams, multiple teams with multiple picks uh, in the first round. I think we're going to see a lot of moving around here. You got the Giants, the Jets, the Texans, the Eagles, the Packers, the Chiefs, and the Lions, all with multiple picks in the first round. Uh, and there's some premium, premium edge players and wide receivers too. So uh, I, I think quarterback is an afterthought, but there's going to be some teams that feel like we can develop this quarterback because time is on our side. The contract situation is on our side as well. You mentioned Carolina in the top 10 that might be the one team that might reach, mm-hmm. and that's what we would think because right. I don't think anybody projects, you know, that you look at this quarterback class and go, that's a top 10 pick, right? I don't think right. there's anybody in the board. But no. let's go to Malik Willis because he is the favorite to be the first quarterback taken on uh, off the board from Liberty, and he is minus $2 mm-hmm. to be the first quarterback selected. You know, that's why your story about June Jones intrigues me so much that you didn't have to do all the the dog and pony show for June. You had to catch bullets. Mm -hmm. You had to run routes. And that's all he needed to see. What do they need to see, say Carolina, for instance, to make him a top 10 pick, to say, you know what, Week Willis, we've seen enough. And even if we go with Darnold for one more year, you're eventually our starter. And that's why you're worthy of a first round pick. Well, it. it to me, it gets tricky with Carolina because I don't know what Carolina's deciding on. They had Brady. They wanted Darnold, the offensive coordinator, yeah. Brady. They fired him because they wanted to run the ball more. Now they need a quarterback and they have an offensive coordinator. So how are you, you going to mesh that together? And so as a better, and here's my tip for people, just, just follow the insiders that follow the teams and understand the team's interview process. 
because when we, we're going to have, like, I think teams can have 30 interviews with players, and we're in that time frame right now where you can start bringing players in before the draft, and you're going to interview them. So uh, if you can follow the insiders and they give you some pretty good information on how these interviews went and how comfortable these players are with the coaches and vice versa, how comfortable the coaches are with these particular quarterbacks, you could get an indication that way. So if I'm focusing in on Carolina, I, I need to understand what Carolina wants to do. Uh, and therefore, who are they bringing in for these interviews? They got 30 interviews, like I mentioned. So I, I don't know if Willis is a fit because I don't know what the fit is in Carolina at right. this point. Well, it's a great point. And I look at it, too, and I go, you know, we remember Sam Darnold coming out of SC, mm-hmm. right? And the knock on him was he turned the ball over too much. Right. And what's happened in the NFL? He turns the ball over too much. It didn't change. Right. And so when I looked at, we saw Kenny Pickett, 42 touchdowns, seven picks. Right. I want to get to Matt Corral because Matt Corral is an interesting uh, guy. Obviously, he's 10 to one to be the first quarterback taken 20 touchdowns. So not even half of what what Pickett got and five picks. So it doesn't turn it over. You wouldn't think. Is that going to be a determining factor, Pritch, when they look at these college quarterbacks and go, you know, you, you saw the problem with Malik Willis might be 27 and 12 picks might be a little bit high in that spectrum, on the Darnold spectrum, which didn't change in the NFL. Can you change from what you were in college to the NFL to not turn it over if you did turn it over well, and it, have that propensity in college? It, it takes time for that to happen. I mean, I think, I mean, look at Peyton Manning. He, he still has a record of interceptions his rookie year. Right. 28 of them. Boy. Uh, in today's NFL, I think they would have tried to run Peyton Manning out the league, right? Uh, you <laughs> after throw, one year. After one year, you throw 28 picks. But uh, here's where these quarterbacks, as you look at them, and again, these teams, are they going to consider drafting these quarterbacks in the first round? You know these guys need time to develop. You know these time, these guys, all these quarterbacks need time to start to understand the league. Matt Corral is coming from an entirely different offense when you think about the West Coast offense and, and uh, uh, how prevalent it is in the National Football League versus this air raid stuff. So Matt Corral is going to have to take some time, but which team wants to do that? Which team wants to experiment that way? To me, that's the bet. Mm. And the air raid, and that's and he's also coming off an injury mm-hmm. at the end of the bowl season, so maybe right. that's why he's a little bit lower at ten to one than maybe he would have been. How much of a stigma is there? Because you know we, you can go back to Pat Mahomes at Texas Tech, right? And I think people thought, well, gimmicky system, not so gimmicky now when we watch Pat Mahomes. If you can incorporate it to what you do, like Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, they've done that. They they run the West Coast offense, but they've incorporated the aspects of the air raid. And that's what Patrick Mahomes is having trouble with because he wants to be air raid guy. Right. Uh, whereas, you know, you want a controlled passing game at times, too. That could help you if they're dropping eight in coverage. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think most teams, it's like Baker Mayfield. He's an air raid guy. He doesn't fit in with Stefanski in this West Coast scheme. And, fascinating. and so can you find another air raid system? Uh, that's out there for these quarterbacks. Tell me a little bit about Desmond Ritter. He's a long shot here to be the first quarterback selected at 30 to one mm-hmm. coming out of Cincinnati. But it feels like a guy here who at least he was seasoned in the college game in Cincinnati. And, and maybe people are going to look at the Alabama game and go, nah, not NFL ready, right? You, you got your chance against a big school, right? Didn't look the part. 
How much does that last, that one big game in a national semifinal versus what he's done over his body of work to be a proficient NFL quarterback? Well, well there's nothing – I think the body of work will, will translate. There's nothing in Ritter's game that suggests that you can't select him, I, I believe. But, again, it's going to have to take time. And okay. uh, So do you do that in the first round or do you go in the second or third round? We, we've seen second and third round quarterbacks uh, turn into Hall of Famers. You know, mm-hmm. we've seen a sixth-round quarterback turn into uh, the greatest of all time. But – uh, you know, Ritter, and, and that's something I think from a betting standpoint that you have to understand, too, is the makeup of these players. Like, it, Ritter, does he have it within to push the other guy out the door? Like, all this noise about Aaron Rodgers, and, I mean, if you're Jordan Love, kick him out the door. Go, it's my job. Right? It's my job now, right? But you're not good enough to do that. And, and so, um, I, that, that's the dog-eat-dog world of the National Football League. And, and I want to know if these players have that dog in them to kick that guy out the door and take over that way. And, and I don't know. I haven't come to that conclusion yet. But I tell you what, if they can wow a team that way in a team interview – uh, then you could see some of these quarterbacks go higher. So that's why I suggest people to follow the insiders and get an indication of how these interviews go. One last guy before we go to break, I want to get your thoughts on that Sam Howell. 20 to 1 to be the first quarterback taken coming out of UNC. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like, even going back to the first game of last year, I believe against Virginia Tech, where they just. They didn't look the part, right? Right. Uh, 24 touchdowns, nine interceptions. It might have been higher if he came out the year before. I mean, what do you make of his stock? And has it dropped to the point where they go, nah, too much Baker Mayfield, too small? Yeah, he is small. Um, and I think he broke down mechanically, too. And, and teams are looking at that. I saw that this year. And I'm like, wow, this guy is, is falling back for right. sure. But it's this notion that you try to time the draft if you can. I mean, Sam Howell, you probably could have drafted higher last year. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a player, again, that needs work. Um, look at all these quarterbacks. Like Drew Locke, he still needs work. I but know. there's teams out there willing to take a chance on you. Uh, and so for all these quarterbacks, whether they're high up in the first round and somebody gets desperate enough, like Carolina uh, or Pittsburgh in the 20s for sure. But uh, looking at these situations, they need to write, they need to land in the right spot in order to be successful because they're going to have to develop themselves. Your Drew Lock analogy is spot on. <laughs> he, he might be the starting quarterback in Seattle. We'll figure it out. What's going on in San Francisco? I want to figure out what you think there. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here in Visa the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in! 
in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup like the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, and hot or cold coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. They've got oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a simply OJ to bring it all home. So make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive through Pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Dave Ross alongside Mike Pritchard. I got to say that breakfast bacon here looks pretty darn good right about now. You know, we talk a lot about quarterbacks in the NFL, and for a very good reason. We know that that's what makes the, the NFL world go round right now. We saw with Russell Wilson, the big move going out to Denver this year, and how you kind of project those teams in your futures market. I did not think that we would be sitting here at the end of March and talking about who's going to be the starting quarterback in San Francisco. Because we, we, the media and Twitter, Mm -hmm. had solved this problem. It's Trey Lance. You trade Jimmy G to a a willful dance partner, and all the problems are solved. Mm, One issue. Goes under the knife. Shoulder surgery. He is not eligible to even start throwing until June. And now, as we sit here at the end of March, he's still a member of the San Francisco 49ers. You said something very interesting to me in the last segment that caught my attention. That is, you want that dog. You want that quarterback that might be the backup right now. Say, no, that's my spot. Like, if you're Trey Lance, you're like, I'm not waiting any longer. for You You traded up, John Lynch, (laughs) Kyle Shanahan, to get me last year. And you still had Jimmy G on the roster. So Jimmy G's still on the roster. What happens week one? 
Who's mm. the starting quarterback? It's a very interesting question, Dave. Uh, and I don't even know if the San Francisco 49ers know, to be honest with you. Uh, you trade up and you give up that much to get Trey Lance. And uh, I, depending on your philosophy, do you do this for a need or best player available? What the 49ers are indicating to me is that Trey Lance wasn't the best player available at number three, but yet they traded up to grab him, right? Mm. Uh, and so now they're stuck because you got Jimmy G, who's going to be a free agent after this year, uh, and you're trying to get something in return for him if you can, but yet you have to wait because of the surgery. But Trey Lance, uh, he isn't a guy who kicked Jimmy G out the door. He was a guy that uh, is going to benefit because – the 49ers want Jimmy G out the door, right. and, and that's entitlement. And I don't know how you went over a locker room if you're Trey Lance that way. Uh, and so Kyle Shanahan, he's got he's got some tough work uh, to do, or some evaluation him and Lynch in terms of what's going to help this football team get to the next level, which is past the NFC Championship game and back into the Super Bowl. You know, Trey Lance, I don't, he has not presented himself he to looked, have the ability to kick Jimmy G out the door. And it's unfair because you, you made the point about Peyton Manning. Like in today's NFL, after his rookie season, maybe they wouldn't have. They'd be like, hey, this guy's terrible. Mm-hmm. Get rid of him. Trey Lance did not look like he was ready to take over the reins when he did start for the injured Jimmy G midseason. Right? Did not look right. like this guy is ready right now. I don't know how much growth you're going to get in year two in an off season, right? In a real off season this year. And I don't know how, how helpful, and it's not Jimmy G's job to get Trey Lance ready by any stretch of the imagination. That's mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan's job. Mm-hmm. That's John Lynch. And let's bring guys around you to, to get you ready to make that minus $5 price tag uh, cash that he's going to be the week one starter. You know, a lot of times, and you know, this notion in the NFL, if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero. Right. It can split locker rooms, and we've seen it, and I know you've seen it personally. Is that the case, that if they say, you know what, we can't get what we want for Jimmy, so he's still under contract, so it would behoove us to actually bring him back now? I mean, Jimmy G gave a goodbye sermon Mm -hmm. from the pulpit at the end of the year, like thanking the media, and, you know, I've really enjoyed basically, it was like a farewell speech that I'm out of here because the brass is kind of wink-wink told me we're going to the young kid. Right. Can they walk that back now? Well, I mean, it depends on Trey Lance. Uh, It really does. I think this offseason he's going to have every opportunity without Jimmy G throwing to win over Kyle Shanahan and Lynch, Sean Lynch, and say, look, okay, yeah, go ahead and trade him. We're, We're good. Uh, but the 49ers don't feel that way right now. They don't feel good with Trey Lance. So uh, this offseason is going to be key. I wouldn't make the bet right now, obviously, but uh, this offseason and the tea leaves are going to be key on, on how they're going to feel with Trey Lance. I, I think they're still undecided about that, uh, uncomfortable with that decision. Jimmy G would be an insurance policy, but he's $24 million insurance policy in Whoa. the locker room, and which you know Jimmy G. Now, here, here's, I think, the benefit for the 49ers if they stick with Jimmy G. Uh, he's going to play his behind off because he's going to be a free agent next year. Mm-hmm. And so if you're the 49ers, can you benefit from a motivated Jimmy Garoppolo playing at the highest level possible and helping you win the to, win to Super Bowl and then okay, be okay with him leaving and going on to greener pastures or more money, that situation, and then also on top of that, have Trey Lance be ready at that moment. Uh, so I, I think – it could play out that way. It's a waiting game for me uh, when it comes to the 49ers in a quarterback situation. You know, we, we see that Kyle Shanahan said that there's, quote, a scenario in which Jimmy ret- remains on the roster in 2022, despite the big cap hit that you you talked about there. Yeah. And we're hearing reports out of NBC Sports Bay Area that the, the Niners seem willing to hold on to him for, quote, unquote, for a while. Mm-hmm. And that feels like to allow him possibly to get the shoulder ready. Could we still see trades in camp? 
Like we get to it. Look, I go back to Bill Belichick. And, and cutting Cam Newton, nobody saw that coming. Right. And he did that in camp once he saw what he had in the rookie. Is this one of those deals where they're going to look at Trey Lance and go, let's see if you've made the leap we're looking for. And we're going to see it at training camp. And if we don't see it at training camp, eh, we'll keep number 10 around. Sure. And if but we do see it at camp, we're going to figure out a way to move Jimmy G. Well, I mean, what are you going to get at that point? I mean, mm-hmm. unless somebody's quarterback goes down, who's going to want to absorb $24 million? And I think everybody's salary cap at that point is going to be tapped out. Uh, so wow. uh, when you think about Jimmy G in a trade, uh, I think Relinch is already on record saying we're not, he's too good to release. Now from a dead cap situation, you can release Jimmy G and get some benefit right there. But I don't, I don't know if Lynch is all about disrespecting a player that's contributed to your organization the way Jimmy Garoppolo has. It is a fascinating conversation because when you look at the Rams as the Super Bowl champions now in that mm-hmm. division, the Niners are not far off their number no. as the second favorite to win that division. That's how good we believe the roster is mm-hmm. that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. Is that with Jimmy G at quarterback, though? Because would that be the situation with Trey Lance at quarterback? And there you go, because that's that's the, the elephant in the room. Would you play the Niners at plus $2 uh, if you – you don't know who the starting quarterback is no. week one. We, we assume it's Trey Lance, but I'm not apt to put the money down on the Niners until I see the kid perform. Even with Kyler Murray in, in Arizona – Right, uh, and I get—I I know why the Seahawks are plus 900, but they're plus 270, and the 49ers are plus 200, and you don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. And we know that's King how Kyler good the roster is, right. is, though. You know, again, we, we've seen this, and sometimes you hear it from different coaches where if they did cut Jimmy G, we don't think they do because he's too valuable. Another team would pick him up for nothing. They just don't want to get get that cap hit. Well, but, it's twenty four million, right? Like, how would you absorb that at that time of year, though? Right, right, right. But is there is there are there conversations, Pritch, where coaches go, you know what? If we bring in Jimmy G, that who whatever team, the incumbent starter goes. I got to look over my shoulder because now I got Jimmy Garoppolo in the quarterback room. And that that problem that even though Jimmy G is good, is he great? Mm-hmm. Is he good enough to cause that potential split in the locker room? Like, go, man, I want that guy to be my quarterback, not the other guy. Well, if you're that team that's willing to do all that, that means you don't have a quarterback, though. I mean, if you have somebody okay, right, a bridge quarterback, then I don't know if you do that because I don't know how much of an upgrade that would be that late in the year off an injury to kind of find out about Jimmy G and fitting in that locker room. I I think you go with who you have at that point, uh, whoever that holdover or bridge is, that bridge Mm -hmm. quarterback is. So, I mean, it's it's getting tough. I mean, I think the salary situation, it's probably better for the 49ers to hold on to Jimmy G and then just let Jimmy G be a free agent next year because you have that insurance policy if Trey Lance does not graduate to the National Football League uh, and he still is uh, trying to figure it out, at least you have Jimmy G, a known commodity that could help you be highly competitive this year. That seems like the safest walk-back path, mm-hmm. if you could, for, for Kyle and for John Lynch right. to say, all right, we're going to look at those guys in the eye, those 53 guys in that locker room and say, right now Jimmy still gives us the best chance. So, Trey Lance, you're in year two of a five-year mm-hmm. rookie deal. You can sit. We've seen Aaron Rodgers. We've seen all, all kinds right. of quarterbacks sit. Right? Doesn't mean that Trey Lance isn't eventually going to be the guy. But sitting one more year, maybe that locker room resonates with that, and they go, "Yeah, you know what? We we can roll up, and we know we were a drop DB interception away from playing in the Super Bowl. Absolutely, with Jimmy Garoppolo injured with the, with a the shoulder and a thumb." Right? <laughs> and the thumb. So he's banged up Jimmy, and we're still knocking on the door of a championship. Think about that. With Jimmy G, the 49ers would have appeared in two Super Bowls. 
outside of that dropped interception right there, right? I mean, That's so, it. yeah, it's incredible to think about. And then they were going to trade him, but then the surgery happened, which, okay, a dent in the plans. But uh, the best – so what? You don't get anything in return for him from a trade standpoint. At least you get the, the commodity of Jimmy Garoppolo this year to help you perhaps get into a competitive situation this year. It's, it's going to be fascinating to watch how they manage this internally, mm-hmm. right? How Kyle right. and John Lynch, if you can't get what you want, to get him off the books. That's really what you're trying to do with that $24 million cap hit. And he has to come back to San Fran because of the injury. How you square those circles inside internally with Trey and with, with Jimmy, it's going to go a long way to see if that plus $2 price ticket uh, could cash if you want to back the Niners to win. I would want to see if Trey Lance can kick Jimmy G out the door too, though, if you're Kyle. Kind of what you want, That's right? what you want. You want that. <laughs> when we come back, oh, we're going to have an old Wiley DB join the program. Tank Williams, it's always great to have Tank on. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. NFL Draft is right here in Las Vegas, and we're going to have extensive coverage, including mock drafts from Matt Humans and Michael Lombardi, of course, a former NFL GM. Our Easton host and my co-host today, Mike Pritchard, was a first-round pick. Sean King, a Super Bowl-winning champion quarterback. We're going to give you insight that you can literally bet on. Also, legendary sports broadcaster and voice of the LA, uh, Las Vegas Raiders rather, Brent Musburger, will give his draft best bets in our NFL draft betting guide. So sign up today to get full access to VEASAN through the Masters, the start of Major League Baseball season, and the NFL draft for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash spring. Cannot wait. That is going to be one heck of a guide. Pritch, I know you're going to have great insight on the NFL draft. But I always love having a DB to go opposite a star wide receiver. So that's why we bring back to the program Tank Williams, of course, does a great job as an NFL analyst for Yahoo Sports. Follow him on Twitter as I do, at TankWilliams13. And Tank, we got to ask you in the offseason, I don't know why I never asked you this on the green zone. How did you get Tank? Uh, well, I'm seeing firsthand. Uh, so when I was a baby, uh, I drank so much milk. My sister told my mom she should give me a tank of milk. And I would say that on Valentine's Day, I just had my firstborn. And I think I may need to name that little cat Tank Jr. Because he's been wearing me out the past month. (laughs) Well done. Aptly named. Uh, Tank, it's great to have you here. You know, Fritz and I were just talking about this in San Francisco. And you and I talked a lot about it throughout the season on the green zone. And I don't know what they're going to do with Jimmy G. And right now he's plus money, plus $3 to be the starter week one in San Francisco. Or you turn the keys over to what looks like a team that might be ready to drive right back to the postseason with Trey Lance. What do you think of the situation in San Francisco? And if you're in that locker room, do you want the veteran or do you want to go with the upside of the kid? Uh, I believe if you're in that locker room, you want the guy who performs the best uh, this offseason in the spring. Uh, leading up into summer camps, and then once you get into a uh, training camp. I-, I think it's one of those situations where the 49ers were pretty handicapped uh, by the fact that Jimmy G had to have that surgery and really couldn't move him along with all the other players that we saw in free agency this year. But it may end up being beneficial to him because I think everyone was able to see that Trey Lance wasn't ready last year. Now, if he comes along here in the spring, 
they can easily say, like, all right, Trey, you're our guy, and we have Jimmy G sitting here in the wings, and they could trade him on draft day. They could trade him sometime during the season if another quarterback gets injured on another team. But you have that capital and you have that backup there just in case something were to happen to Trey. And if Trey still isn't ready, which we will hope he will be ready since you spent all that capital to move up and get him, then Jimmy G can go ahead and take the reins over again. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense right there. Tank, I do want your perspective uh, because we, we have these future bets that we can look at and, and place a bet right now. Uh, the Deshaun Watson uh, to Cleveland, they're the favorite in their division right now. I think the, uh, the direct impact of the quarterback situation. Uh, but then there's another impact in a different division. Uh, it's James Winston and it's the Saints. Like, I thought last year the Saints had a playoff caliber defense. But the quarterback, it just seemed like there wasn't any confidence with whoever was behind center. So the impact of like uh, uh, Deshaun Watson and Cleveland and that defense, uh, and then certainly uh, contrast that with the impact of the situation that the Saints are going through from a competitive standpoint. Well, I would say, uh, speaking to the AFC North first, uh, um, I understand the impact that Deshaun Watson is going to have on that team because they have probably arguably the best running game in the league, the way that Nick Chubb runs the ball. I mean, it's crazy. Obviously, you know, I'm a big King Henry fan. I play with the Titans, but when you look at what the Cleveland Browns are able to do with their running game and all the deficiencies on the other side, when you think about the past game and the injuries that Baker Mayfield had, I feel like that running game is top notch what they have on the defensive side of the ball. If you can just have somebody come and make some dynamic plays with their arm. You have Amari Cooper that now I feel like that offense is turning. I don't know if they're the favorite in the AFC North, but I like what they're doing. Uh, but when you take, when you look at the saints though, I mean, you still have to go through Tom Brady, uh, which is going to be a difficult task for anyone in the NFC South. But I believe Jameis is the answer in New Orleans. They just have to take the reins off. We saw when Jameis was in Tampa Bay when they got rid of him. Obviously, he threw over 30 touchdowns and over 30 interceptions, too. <laughs> so you have the gift and the curse with Jameis. But we know he can throw the ball. And you have to be able to throw the ball around to compete and win championships in this league. They need to take the reins off a little bit, I believe. The way that they started the year with Sean Payton, wanted to give him some confidence, limited the turnovers. I believe they were able to do that now put some weapons around him hopefully that you know the, the way that he started the season last year they ingrained some good habits and then he can go ahead and take that Saints offense to the next step because right now like you said that defense is unbelievable and they can keep you in some games We're talking with former NFL DB of course from the Tennessee Titans Tank Williams and Tank let's talk about your former team a little bit because I was so impressed with the job that Mike Vrabel did last year and I always say they got the best wide receiver playing quarterback that we've ever seen in Ryan Tannehill but we always kind of <laughs> yeah. kid like now you look at the Colts and they get Matty Ice coming in there from the ATL. And all of a sudden, you look at the futures board, and the Colts right now are nipping at the heels to go ahead and take over that throne. It's almost close to being even. The Titans, a small favorite, plus 110, and the Colts are plus 125. Is that a lack of respect for Tennessee that, okay, they get Matt Ryan, and now all of a sudden they might usurp us in the South? Uh that's a tricky situation because I, I really like the way that Matt Ryan plays at times, but I feel like he's basically been like in this haze, this lull ever since the 28, three, like the Atlanta Falcons haven't been able to overcome that collectively as a team. And even the individuals on the team, it seems like Matty ice hasn't been the same since seems like Julio hasn't been the same since a lot of guys that play on that team. And so Maybe a fresh start will be something good for him. I mean, you get to go to an Indianapolis Coast team where they have a dominant run game with Jonathan Taylor. They also have a really good defense, you know, led by Buckner there in the middle. And so that lends itself to Darius Lynn and all these other guys being able to be active on the defensive side of the ball. So 
I really like what the Colts are doing, but at the same time, as long as you have a healthy Derrick Henry, you have a chance in the AFC South. It's just one of those things where Tannehill needs to be able to take the, the game to the next level. What we saw in the playoffs this year is that your quarterback has to be able to go out and win some games for you, whether it's Joe Burrow getting stacked nine times by the Titans, a patching with Holmes, uh, you know, a Josh Allen up in Buffalo. You have to have that guy at quarterback. Matt Ice has shown that he can be that type of quarterback to lead his team to the Super Bowl. We need to see if Tannehill can make that next step. Yeah, he's been a nice athlete at quarterback, but now he needs to become that top-tier quarterback for the Titans or they need to move on and find someone that can do that for him because they have all the other pieces in place. You know, Tank, as an offensive player, I'm worried about the Colts. Now, as a defensive player, I, I don't know. I'm going to read you a quote from their owner. Uh, Jim Ursay, he called the Carson Wentz era a mistake. Ooh. For us, it was something we had to move away from as a franchise. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the owner saying that about a quarterback that you traded for. And obviously, they missed the uh, playoffs and, and didn't uh, uh, get better or help themselves down the stretch there against Jacksonville. But the locker room, though, I, I mean, what is going on with the Colts from your perspective in terms of the owners certainly saying those comments out loud about a quarterback? Uh, I mean, sometimes you got to swing and sometimes when you swing, you miss. Like, I think they were thinking that they could recapture what we saw from Carson Wentz early on in his career. I mean, you can't lie. Like when he first came out, like his first year, maybe first year and a half. I mean, he looked like he was going to be one of the top quarterbacks in the league. He was able to scram around, use his legs. He was throwing the ball around a lot. And I kind of liken it to that Matty Ice situation that I said, like Carson Wentz, it seems like something happened when, you know, he got on that down streak and he just hasn't been able to overcome that. Like, it's ironic the way that happens, but momentum is a hell of a drug when you're going up and when you're going down. And so right now, trajectory of his career is going down, and I'm not sure if going to Washington is going to help that. But, you know, the coach saw that. The writing was on the wall. He wasn't going to be the quarterback to get them through. They have a dominant defense. They have a run the game. How about we go ahead and take a stab at Matty Ice because right now you don't feel like there's a quarterback in the draft that can help you get to the playoffs and win the championship. So maybe Matty Ice can be that guy and you kind of keep your head on a swivel trying to see where that next quarterback may be. Got a couple minutes to go here with Tank Williams. And Tank, is something Pritch and I talked about off the top of the show. You heard me rail against it every Sunday on the green mm-hmm. zone, Tank. And I'm sure you're tired of talking about overtime. <laughs> but are the new rules good enough for you, Tank, that, okay, we're not going to switch a damn thing in the regular season, but at least in the postseason, each team gets to touch the ball first. Is that enough? I mean, I feel like if you're going to do it in the postseason, you just need to do it all around. I don't see how you can be satisfied with ties in the regular season, but not be satisfied with ties in the postseason. Because obviously, if you have a tie in the postseason, then the team can't advance. So that tells you that the rules have been broken the entire time. But at the same time, like I was thinking about it, like, don't you think that the way that that Bills Chiefs game ended would have felt a little different because like, say, if, for example, like Buffalo got the ball back. Like, we don't know what would have happened, but the way Buffalo drove down the field in the fourth quarter, we thought the game was over. Patrick Mahomes only had 13 seconds. To be able to go down there, score, then get the ball in overtime, and then win the game, like, that gives me a different feel about Patrick Mahomes as a player and the Chiefs as a team by the way they finished that. And that wouldn't have been able to be possible if the Bills were able to get the ball on the back half. So I understand, and I'm with you that, you know, that overtime there shouldn't be ties in the NFL. But the way that game ended, I believe it gave me a feeling that resonates with me still today that wouldn't have been possible if that if uh, the Bills were able to get the ball following up on that. All I'm going to say is that we're not wearing ties. Tank's not wearing ties. <laughs> no ties. Out 
want ties. Don't want them in our wardrobe, and I don't want them in the NFL regular season. Hey, but Game of Thrones coming out August 21st. What? Yeah, but let's get it. Game of Thrones. Yeah, baby. Can't wait. <laughs> Tech Williams. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Tech Williams 13. Great information as always. When we come back, might sneak in a little Tiger Talk. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. BetMGM, the 
king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Come on out. Well, you can convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Wrapping up things here on the Lombardi Line with Mike Pritchard. I am Dave Ross. This is VCN, the Sports Betting Network. And, Pritch, I know that we can't wait for the Final Four this weekend. Mm-hmm. We can't wait for the start of Major League Baseball. We cannot wait for the NFL draft. But yesterday, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up that one Eldrick Woods was spotted at Augusta National. And he was making the grounds and walking the course, playing it with his son, Charlie. And it looked like Justin Thomas was out there with him. Now, I know that LT Gray doesn't have to say anything until next week if he doesn't want to. If he puts the peg in the ground, round number one, a week from tomorrow, and I've seen numbers all over the board Mm -hmm. here in Las Vegas for him to win at Augusta, would you say, Mike Pritchard, that as long as that guy can walk and as long as that guy can tee it up, well, by God, there's a shot he can win this thing for a sixth time. I mean, how do you not put a little thing, a little money on him, right? I mean, put something on it if that <laughs> were to happen for sure. I, I love Tiger Woods in terms of the game and what he's done to golf or for golf. Uh, it's been tremendous. I mean, I started playing golf because of Tiger. Right? <laughs> I mean, think about he that. He got me into it, too. Think, right, I didn't play right, golf back no, in the day. Not at all. Not at all. Um, but, yeah, it would be incredible for that moment to happen. Um we all remember when he did win it last. Was that 2019? 2019. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, it would it would impact. Now, impacting the field though, like I don't know if this field is is afraid of Tiger like they used to be. I mean, when he would put the tee in the ground, like you mentioned, I mean, there was fear. It was in over. Other golfers. It was yeah. So uh, you got some golfers out there playing excellent golf right now and highly confident too. And uh, so uh, it would be impactful. But for the field, I mean, certainly I would look at some other players uh, participating in the Masters as well. You know, it's interesting. We're going to talk so much more about Augusta National, obviously next week on the show as well. But because for some of us that remember, you mentioned 2019, I saw guys kind of kowtow a little bit oh, yeah. and the fear come over them on that back nine mm-hmm. as Tiger kind of navigated and the other guys kept put, putting it in Ray's Creek specifically on 12 and the short part three. So I saw that Tiger effect happen there. Now he had not won in over a decade previous and ironically he did it on a broken leg at the U.S. Open to beat Rocco Mediate. Mm-hmm. So I'm look we know he's coming back from a horrific car crash just over what about 13 months now. To even be able to walk and play is a small miracle in and of itself. Right. Then to go out and beat the greatest field in golf on a, on a course that's not easy to walk and do it for four days, I don't know if it would be the greatest sporting achievement that we've ever seen, but it would have to be on the short list if he did do this and won. I would think it would be near the top, but not just a short list, probably at the top. I mean, 
Yeah, if you consider everything that this guy has been through. My goodness. Uh, or, or caused himself, really, if you look at it that way. But, no, he's an incredible player, and we all know that. Um, but uh, the fear factor is gone. Uh, it would be remarkable. It would be remarkable. But if he is participating, I'm definitely going to put something on that. Because you have I would, to. I would, I would love to cheer for that. And the, the thing is, and again, and this is why we always tell you to shop around, because certainly out here in Las Vegas, there are books that will, will say action. Like, mm-hmm. if you make the bet, whether he plays or not, you've got action. Mm-hmm. Other books will refund it if he doesn't play. So maybe now, and again, the numbers are all over the map, maybe find a good number at a book that might refund it if he doesn't right. play. And then you kind of get a, mm-hmm. a free shot of Tiger, sure, if you will. Sure. And that's never a bad place to be uh, from a handicapping standpoint. I do want to get to the Final Four and back to that a little bit here because what's been curious to me is we haven't really seen the numbers shift uh, dramatically this week. Now, again, it's still Wednesday. We know the betting public will pick up as we get closer and closer to, to Saturday's tilts and these Final Four games. But let's start with the big one. And I can't believe we're talking about an eight seed as the big one. Mm-hmm. But when you have UNC and Duke, it's going to be the biggest game I think that network executives could ever dream of having mm-hmm. in a Final Four, and that is these uh, all-time legends and rivals. Duke is still favored by four. That over-under really hasn't shifted a whole lot at 151. We had Steve Mackinan on last hour. It feels like if you want to bet the over, you better get it now because I get the feeling like it might go up before tip. Okay. Yeah, good advice right there for sure. I mean, if you're looking at that situation, uh, I've been looking at Duke for several weeks now. A few Mm -hmm. weeks ago, we were doing Lombardi line, and I mentioned Duke uh, in terms of the Coach K narrative, and that was prior to – Uh, the conference championship game because they went on that streak. They did lose that last game to UNC, Mm -hmm. uh, which is actually very intriguing because I think Duke and the fellas in that locker room are going to feel like they owe UNC one. No doubt. On top of the fact that they want to win a championship, on top of the fact that Coach K uh, is bowing out after this year. So uh, there's there's so much to like Duke. I'm concerned about uh, the short rotation that they do have because they have not been challenged from a foul trouble situation. That's right. Uh, and so Hubert Davis probably is going to look at that. UNC is probably going to look at that to see if they can take advantage of that for sure. Um, but, no, I like Duke. I, I have since back then, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, but it is an intriguing matchup. But we get these two teams matching up in the Final Four. You know what fascinates me and when we had these conversations pre-tournament, not mm-hmm. knowing the draw, right? We thought the committee is going to do Duke a favor. They'll give them an easy ride. They'll put them in, you know, maybe the, the weakest number one bracket as the overall first number two. They didn't do that at all. No. They put them in what I thought was the most competitive, and that was the West. And I know Gonzaga didn't get out. That's not the fault of the Dukies. They still had to beat Michigan State right. in a game they were trailing late and came back not only one but also covered. And then Texas Tech, everybody's picking Texas Tech, guns up in Lubbock. This defense is going to be too much. And they man that game out. Right. Okay, and so, yeah, then they get Arkansas – and that might have been their best performance so far. They're getting better, Pritch. They are. And, and to me, they can say whatever they want about K. They, whatever they've gotten, and if they get through UNC, they will have earned everything just to get to this spot, let alone potentially to the national So UNC as well, though, because it's, yes. it's really interesting. Like, after Pittsburgh, that bad loss, they went on a streak. Oh, they've man. only lost one game since that game. Uh, and that was the uh, conference championship to Virginia Tech. So uh, UNC, they got a boost. I believe they got a boost when they beat Coach K that last game of the regular season. Yes. And then they got another boost in how they beat Baylor uh, in the tournament, too. So this is another team that's elevating themselves, and Davis is doing a great job that way. Uh, but both of these squads, 
have have found ways to improve during the dance, which is incredible to think about that, because Ben Carroll has turned into a, an outstanding player. But I think Duke and those players realize this is the only moment they're going to stay together, though, because it's going to change next year, obviously. You heard Kay say, I believe at the Texas Tech win, where he goes, these, these kids have grown up so much in yeah. two weeks. And that's a great point. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see this version of Duke, obviously, without Coach K and the players ever. This is it. And they are gelling at the right time. Right. But if you're a UNC backer and you go, we have the opportunity to end Kay's retirement <laughs> in Durham and leave that sour taste in his mouth and then knock him off mm. in the Final Four. Could anything be sweeter if you're Carolina Blue down there and saying this is the only way to end it for Kay? Right. And if you're Hubert Davis, you have to get Duke oh. in foul trouble, right? You have to. You, I mean, you, you have to at least try. Because they haven't been challenged that way, and I'd, I'm going to be curious to see how Duke would adjust to that situation. It's going to be a fascinating tilt. I know that the other game is not getting the acclaim because mm-hmm. Duke UNC is taking all the headlines. But very quickly here, we've seen with the injury to Moore, and he's going to be out for Villanova, averaging almost 15 points per game. We know that's going to hurt them scoring-wise. But Jay Wright does have a culture. We've talked a lot about that, right, at Villanova with two national championships there. Going up against Bill Self. And until the second half of the Miami game, Kansas has kind of been getting through. Mm-hmm. And then they looked like a number one seed in that second half. Which Kansas team do you think we'll see more of? The team that kind of got through or the team that looked like a juggernaut against Miami? I think the team that looks spectacular right now, to be honest with you, because one of my four factors, I know everybody's got four factors, yeah. right? It's not analytical, but uh, dynamic backcourt, man. And I think Kansas, that's coming to fruition now. Uh, Remy Martin, I mean, you throw he's, in Abaji and the Brown. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And McCormick uh, could be a matchup uh, situation too. But Villanova, they had a dynamic backcourt, but not anymore. No. Uh, unless somebody else can step up. And that's the beauty of the tournament to dance. Maybe Nova, maybe Wright can find somebody else to step up uh, to fill in that way. But uh, the way Kansas is playing and executing along with confidence and a dynamic backcourt, that, that's going to be tough. It is, and you hate to see it if you're a Villanova backer here. And obviously, I did pick them pre-flop here to, to cut down the net. Mm-hmm. And, and and I still think that they can get through potentially this Kansas game. I wonder if the Moore injury would affect them more against a team. I know Kansas is going to try to run, but I think Villanova is going to figure out a way to control tempo. Can they do that against a Duke or a UNC potentially on a Monday night? And I know there's a lot of exactous scenarios out there. That's where I really think that 15 points per game could re- really, really rear its ugly head yeah. in a national championship scenario. But we cannot wait to watch that. Cannot wait to talk next week because that means we're closer to Tiger potentially playing in Augusta. Uh, Fritz, always enjoy the conversation. Want to thank Tank Williams for joining us and Steve Mackinnon as well. Don't go anywhere. We got you covered all afternoon long right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.